Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Ormo campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. Hey, it's great that you're here on Thanksgiving Day. And uh, it is today a day of Thanksgiving and a day of celebration. And it's one of those days, I think sometimes it's good just to have a bit of a party. And God was the God of celebration. Read the Old Testament. He was the God of festivals. People were regularly in, in ancient Israel coming to Jerusalem and to other places to have celebration. It was part of their faith uh, rhythm and faith practice was to celebrate and party and you know, celebrate God's goodness and God's provision. And so we've seen this day emerge. Uh, one is a celebration of our care ministries and it's an opportunity for all of us to participate in that for the next 12 months. But more than that, it's a chance just to say thanks to God for all that he's doing. Now, I'm glad that I got a few of you warmed up with your call and response because I just want to ask, who, who here that's over 40 grew up going to some form of Sunday school? Just a show of hands. Right, so just what I want you to do is all those that just responded, when I read this word, I'm not going to sing it when I just read these words, I want you to stick your hand up if you know what I'm talking about. I'm too young to march in the infantry. Does anyone know the actions and would be willing to come help me? with this song just for a moment just one come on Naomi give Naomi a big hand <laughs> Naomi I grew up this was my favorite Sunday school song right so I'm gonna sing it and you're gonna act it is that okay if you know it why don't you join me ready okay here we go I'm too young to march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I'm too young to fly over land and sea, but I'm in the Lord's army. I'm in the Lord's army. I'm in the Lord's army. I'm too young to march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I'm too young to fly over land and sea, but I'm in the Lord's army. Give Naomi a huge hand. Come on. Anyone that this might be your first time in church or you're visiting with us think, I knew these girls, guys were going to be a bit weird and strange and all of that, right? They sing these bizarre songs about marching and flying. We don't do that very often, okay? But when I was growing up in Sunday school or what we now call Kids Own or Kids Church, that was one of the songs that we used to sing quite a bit. Donna this week, I think she's up the top so I can tell this story about her. You can all give her a hard time. She goes, yeah, I knew that song. It was one of my favourites. But she kept singing all week, I'm too young to shoot the cavalry. I'm like, she's got all of her terms mixed up because we don't want our kids pastors shooting horses, right? But that was just Donna's way of singing it. So when you see it today up in the thing, just go, how good is that? I'm too young to shoot the cavalry. Just ask her that and see what she does. But I used to love it because it was, you know, as a young boy, a song that had some actions and a little bit of kind of, you know, a sense of battle about it. We don't sing it very much. That was a song that was actually written somewhere around the mid-1900s. I'm not sure what the source was, but when it was written and when it was implemented in church settings and young people used to sing it, it was because war was a very common picture. Like people were very au fait with the image of war. It was out the back of the Second World War and people knew what it looked like 
uh, to sing all these things. And so this song picked up common images and put them into uh, some popular songs within the church. It's the same for Paul when he writes a letter to the church in Ephesus. Everybody that heard this letter would have seen a Roman centurion and Roman soldiers walking the streets. They would be very, very familiar with the picture of somebody that was prepared to go into battle. And so Paul finishes this letter that we've been working through over the last six weeks. If you'd like to catch up on any of our messages, you can do that online, listen to the podcast. But in the final chapter of this letter, and when I say the final chapter, it was just in the last part of the letter as he wrote it. We've turned it into chapter and verses to help us find it in the Scripture. But in the final part of Paul's letter, he turns to a military picture. Let me read it to you. Ephesians 6 from verse 10. Finally, Paul says, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the Lord's people. What's Paul want to say to us? He wants us to know this. We are in a battle. And he says some things here that take a little bit for us to wrap our mind around and maybe it's something that's it's a bit new and a little bit kind of, uh, you haven't really engaged with this or thought deeply on it, but Paul wants us to know that we're not just in a physical battle. He wants us to know that we're in a supernatural battle. But the world that we live in and the things that we confront is the enemy playing with the hearts, minds and experiences of people. You know what? There is a supernatural force at work in our world that is wanting to deconstruct the good message of Jesus and to keep people in the midst of their pain. And so Paul says, we need to be aware of it. We need to be alert to it. We don't need to be overwhelmed by it. We don't need to live in fear of it because God gives us every tool that we need to fight the battle against it. And so he then paints a picture that would have been familiar and very common about a whole bunch of armour that is there to protect. And armour does that. If you put armour on, armour protects you. Anyone here that's, that uh, has played cricket, you know that you don't just gear up because you know, you're going out to bat to score runs. You go out to protect you against what is coming as well. And armour does that. It protects you know, through the whole book of Ephesians, Paul has wanted to make something abundantly clear in our hearts and minds, and it's this, that you have a new identity that can be found in Christ, not in who someone else tells you are or what you want to be or what you think you should be in this moment. There's a new identity that is available to you that can only be found in Christ. 
And he said, when you find yourself in Christ, there's so much good that comes from that, but it's a message that's going to need to be protected. And so Paul says, I want to talk about some armour that you can put on to help protect you because there's a counter message that is trying to rob you of the life that Jesus has for you. Paul's gone to lengths to tell us in his letter and to tell the Ephesian church that they were loved. You are so loved. Ephesians 5, just, just do what Christ does and the main thing that he does is love us. Paul desperately wants people to know that they are loved despite where they've come from, their circumstances, what their history looks like, that the thing that God looks at you and thinks more than anything is, you are my loved child. But the enemy wants to rob that message from us and, and, and get us living and believing that we're despised. Paul wants us to know that we're part of a family. That we don't have to do this alone. Look around this place. This is part of the family that God has gifted to you. Not just flesh and blood, but spiritual brothers and sisters. They get to walk alongside us, encourage us, lift us up, challenge us, help us do life better. And Paul goes at length. He says, you've been adopted into God's family. You've been brought in. He's, he's done everything that it takes to bring you into his family. And once you're part of his family, you can't be rejected from his family. But we live in a world that has an isolation and a loneliness epidemic going on. You look at the surveys and the statistics that are being done around communities and loneliness is at like chart-topping highs in our community. But Paul wants to say you're part of a family. But it's a message that needs to be protected. He wants you to know that you've been chosen. But he knows that the enemy wants to rob that message away from you as well and make you believe that you've been rejected. He wants you to know that in God's side, he's sanctifying you and transforming you and making you more like himself, that you are holy. But it's a message that needs to be protected because the enemy wants you to believe that you are broken. Paul wants us to know that in the eyes of our Saviour, in the eyes of Jesus, we've been saved, not by anything we've done, but by the grace of God that gave his life as a sacrifice for our sin. But the enemy wants to rob us of that message and make us believe that we're not acceptable. See, armour protects and Paul wants us to put on the armour of God because the armour of God is the thing that protects our heart and our minds from having the truth of all that God has to speak over us robbed and stolen from us. So he, he uses some, and there's nothing, don't get too wrapped up in the, the implements that he chose to attach particular things to. There is a depth and a reason for it, but he says this, here are some of the tools that God gives you to protect yourself. Put on the belt of truth. Paul's already told us and proclaimed that the truth of the gospel is that Jesus has acted again in history, that God has acted again in history in the person and the man Jesus, fully human, fully divine, and that through his life, his death and his resurrection, we can find hope, healing, redemption and forgiveness. And Paul says, wrap that around you. Use that as the thing that holds the whole story together because without the truth of Jesus and His good news, everything else falls apart. So put on the belt of truth. Protect yourself with the truth of God. He says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. In the message of the gospel is God has broken into this world and is making things right. As a child of God, we've already been made new. Our heart has been restored and renewed. And so Paul says, put on the breastplate of righteousness to protect your heart because God is making things new. He says, put on the shoes of peace. 
God has done what needs to be done to bring those that were once far from him and those that were once far from each other together again. The enemy wants to bring division in, his, in God's church and he wants to knock you down. So Paul says, put on the shoes of peace. Stand strong in the peace of God. Put on the helmet of salvation, the knowledge of who we are in Christ. The enemy wants to sow doubt in you. So many people struggle with this idea of assurance of our faith. But Paul says, put on the helmet of salvation so that your mind will be protected, so that you too continue to stand in the knowledge of who you are in Christ. Take up the shield of faith. Employ the sword of the Spirit. And in all things, pray. God gives us these tools that we can implement into our life to protect us from what the enemy wants to rob from us. But armour isn't just a defensive mechanism. Armour doesn't just protect. Armour fights. And we're in a fight. And I believe what God wants to invite us to do is to put on the armour of God so that we can be battle ready to walk into a broken, hurting, messed up world with the good news of Jesus and make a difference. Take some ground for the enemy on behalf of the kingdom of God. So we don't just suit up to protect ourselves, we suit up to get ready for battle, to advance the kingdom message and take some ground off the one that wants to rob things from people. It is really interesting in this Ephesians passage that Paul takes some images from the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament. So he calls on his knowledge of the scripture and takes some of those pictures. But the images we get in the Old Testament about the armour of God are actually proactive, offensive, not offensive as in I'm offended, but offensive as in attacking images. Isaiah 52, 7 says this, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news and who proclaim peace who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation and who say to Zion, your God reigns. How beautiful on the mountains are those who bring the good news, the news and the message of peace. So when Paul says, put on peace, get your feet ready, because he wants to say to you, we walk into brokenness and we carry the message of God's peace. You know what the Bible says about peace? That it transcends understanding. We all want peace, But the peace that God brings makes no sense in the circumstances. It's the the picture of stillness in the storm. It's the picture of how can that person look so at peace and at ease and so comfortable and so tranquil and so okay when everything else around them is falling apart. That is a peace that makes no sense or a peace that transcends understanding. And so God says, put peace on and get ready to take the message of peace into a world of people that need to hear the good news of Jesus and experience His peace. But not only do we get called to proclaim peace. We're encouraged to take on the armour of God because the armour defends and protects the poor, the marginalised and the broken. The, The prophet Isaiah regularly talks to the community of Israel about the way they've fallen down, the way they've come up short, the way they've failed, the way they haven't done well in administering justice. It's really interesting when you read the Old Testament, the thing that God seems to get really cranky about a lot of the time isn't that you didn't do your quiet time on Tuesday, but that his people don't stand in the place 
of the poor, the marginalised and those that need our protection. And he speaks so strongly against his people when they don't let justice actually take its rightful place. In the Old Testament, the root word for justice is is the same root word for righteousness. So righteousness and justice are, are these interchangeable terms. And God says to his people in Isaiah 59, and listen to this in light of what we've just heard about the armour of God. The Lord looked and was displeased that there was no justice. He saw that there was no one. He was appalled that there was no one to intervene. Man, God's getting cranky when the scripture says that he was appalled. When someone says to me, I am appalled, I know they're really upset. And God says to his people, I am appalled that there was no one to intervene. God gets appalled when his people don't stand in battle for the poor, the marginalised and the broken. The Lord looked and was displeased that there was no justice. He saw that there was no one. He was appalled that there was no one to intervene. So his own arm achieved salvation for him and his own righteousness sustained him. Now listen to this. He put on, the breast, the, he put on righteousness as his breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance and wrapped himself in veal, in zeal. He wrapped himself in veal. <laughs> it's the barbecue. I can smell the barbecue. No veal today, just beef, okay? He wrapped himself in zeal as in a cloak. He put on righteousness as a breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head. You know what Isaiah is telling us and what Paul picks up in Ephesians chapter six is don't just employ the armour of God to protect the message that God is implanting in you. That is important, but you're not called just to stand still and take the arrows. He's called his people, his church, to suit up and get ready to take some ground back and to march into the broken places and the hurting places and the most messed up parts of our community with light and with hope and with peace and take some ground back from the enemy who wants to rob it from you and us and people out there that as of yet don't know of the goodness of God. So will you suit up? Will you stand in place of the poor and the oppressed? You know, we live in a really broken world. I hear the band to come join me. Family breakdown, an isolation and loneliness epidemic. Many of us, many people in our community wrestling with all kinds of mental illness, domestic violence at rates that are are, are greater than ever before. We, We live in a broken world and many of us experience it in our own stories, in our own lives. God has actually broken into our story. See, the message of Jesus isn't that he came into perfection. He actually rid himself of the glory of heaven to wade into our brokenness and our mess and to take back some ground. And he does that for all of us when we find ourselves in our broken and dark places, as all of us do. But as his church, he's asking us, will we suit up? and take the message of Jesus into a broken and a hurting world. Will we suit up and take up the fight? God doesn't want us to employ violence. He wants us to actually take on 
other kind of offensive weapons. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, which is just speaking truth and hope and life and love over people. The helmet of salvation that protects people's minds from the lies that want to rob them of the joy that God has for them. The breastplate of righteousness that protects their hearts from being robbed of the truth that there is a God in heaven that loves them and has purposed them for His pleasure and glory. One of our weapons today comes in the form of a red bag. It's a simple tool and I don't want to take the glory for one family's red bag, but thank you, Abenezes. One of the weapons God's given us as a church is this thing. It's a crazy kind of weapon, isn't it? It's not a weapon because this is filled with cans and I could take any of you out at any moment with it. It's a weapon because sometimes the first thing people need to know is not the words that Jesus loves them, but is the practical care of a community of people that actually are willing to step into the most practical parts of their brokenness and bring a message of hope. This is one of the the things that God's armed us with as a church. Today, it's always, what a great moment for me as many of you contribute to what that looks like in the next 12 months. But church, I just wanna invite you In this moment, are we going to continue to take up the fight? As the enemy tries to rob people of hope and joy and peace, let's suit up. Suit up yourself to protect the message that God has implanted in you. But suit up to go into battle in a hurting and broken world with the love, the grace, the peace, the joy and the compassion of Jesus. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, you waded in to our mess and our brokenness. You left the glory and the riches of heaven. You clothed yourself in humanity. And you stepped into our story. And God, every one of us here needed to know the love, the forgiveness and the hope of a Saviour. And today on this day of Thanksgiving, we just want to give you thanks for the story that so many of us share, which is this, that I was a sinner saved by God's grace. But Father, you haven't just saved us to bide time here on earth. You've saved us with the purpose to actually take ground for your kingdom, to become the messengers and the bearers of the kingdom message, the good news of Jesus and his love, his joy, his peace, his kindness and his forgiveness. God, as your church, may we May we get battle ready. Always being willing to step in to the dark places and the broken places and the messy places with your message of hope. Lord, as we bring our bags today, just small tokens of things that many of us are just are staples that we don't even think twice about in our own pantries, but for some families this year is going to be a very practical message of your hope. We thank you that you're a good God. Stand today with you. Let's take some ground back. Come on, church, why don't we stand this morning? It's time to take some ground back. Every red bag is another step to take some ground back. The good news is that uh, we live on the victor's side. The battle's been fought in the heavenlies, it's been won through the death and the resurrection of Jesus. So we stand on the victor's side. Doesn't mean we're not in a fight, but we stand on the victor's side. Hey, the band's gonna sing over us this morning. If you know 
uh, this song, why don't you join in with them? But as they do that, here's your moment. If you've uh, come prepared with some red bags, why don't you uh, move them to the front? I just want to say, I know some people always, yeah, always have someone thanks to me, they're going, oh, we'd something in church, we missed the messaging. We're always happy to receive red bag donations at any given week. They, our care centre runs all year round, so we're constantly refilling the shelves. But today's the big moment where the shelves get stocked to make a big difference over the next 12 months. But yeah, any time, uh, if you want to do that, we can help facilitate that. But come on, as the band sings, why don't you move? Just come, you fill the stage with them, fill the front with them, and uh, then we're going to pray over them in just a moment. Maybe as you drop your bag, you just... Put it down. You want to pray a really simple prayer for the family that's going to receive the goods that are in it, that they may know the love, joy, peace, and goodness of God. Come on, church, let's move. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family, and we'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services because everyone who comes through our doors is welcome. You can find out more about our community and locations at gatewaybaptist.com.au.